0: Well, good morning, Grace. Uh, my name is David Thompson, and I'm the pastor of adult discipleship here at Grace. And it is uh, good to be with you this morning. I am reminded that we are in the last week of November uh, after Thanksgiving, which means December is here, and we are decorating, and your homes are probably being decorated. And it tends to be that kind of year where it either evokes a couple of emotions. One, we become even more joyful, or maybe sometimes these holiday seasons are a little bit tougher. Uh, because of some event or something that has happened in our lives. And so um, I know it's, it's um, a good season, and I pray that you will experience that as you join us this month. We're in for a special treat to our services and even our Christmas Eve uh, time together in a couple short weeks. Well, in preparation for the message this Sunday, I knew it was going to be Thanksgiving weekend. And so I thought to myself, what could I say that would make an impact, something that would last, something that, yes, hopefully you would remember in the weeks to come and not just forget like, oh, okay, that was cool, I'm leaving. Uh, But I just couldn't come up with something that I felt would stick enough. So I thought, well, maybe I'll come up with three simple ways to have more Thanksgiving this season, but that just seemed kind of tacky and that's a blog post anyway. What could I share this morning with all the current events and everything that is going in in our lives, that is all-consuming, what could I share with you um, that would be something that would stick and something that would last? And so after several failed attempts and crumpled up paper, yes, I still use paper, I threw them away and just said, God, okay, whatever you want to say, I'm going to say. What an idea, right? Works every time. All of a sudden, it hit me, it's Thanksgiving. And we kind of limit Thanksgiving to around these holiday seasons where, oh yeah, I'm thankful to be thankful, or I'm thankful for Jesus, or I'm thankful for his resurrection, or I'm thankful for whatever it may be. But you and I have a 7, 365 day a year reason to be thankful. And you know what that is? You and I have peace with the living God. I don't know how often that's kind of on the forefront of your mind, but I know in seasons, maybe when there's struggle or something happens, then eventually we get there and say, okay, you know what? God is in control. Uh, I am loved by God. Um, I am saved by grace through his faith. Uh, God is good, but we wrestle with peace so much. And so finally, when I figured out, okay, peace, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about this word peace, and so much is coming up in my heart and in my life, I think we like peace. We like when we're at peace. We like when we're at peace with other people. We like the peace that comes along with the holiday season. And so, okay, God, I'm going to work with this idea of peace. So after I finally figured that out after several hours, I know lame, I spent several hours just to figure that out, but that's how long it takes me sometimes. I said, okay, I need a well-deserved break. So I gave myself a break. So what do I do on my break? Took out my phone. I start looking at some of the global news headlines, just to kind of stay up to current events on what's happening in our world, and okay, well, that's, that's not very encouraging, right? So then I kind of look for some local news, kind of what's happening in Austin and surrounding areas, and well, that's, that's not very encouraging either. So then I get on Facebook, where Facebook is all thing truth, right? And I start reading that, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, That didn't really lift me up at all. I I just found out I want to talk about peace, and now I'm feeling everything but. And as I'm scrolling, I'm beginning to read uh, the things that my friends are going through. The marriages that I I thought were more solid than anything have begun to crumble. Friends in ministry leaving because it's too hard, or maybe, just maybe, because they stopped caring about the people God had called them to shepherd. Then I see some of the political and social polarizing that is happening. And then I start to read about uh, leaders who have fallen out of ministry for various reasons. And then I begin to read more about the pandemics and some of the issues and the health concerns and the cancer and the struggles and the persecution of brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world. And then I start to become anxious about everything. Wait, God, was I gonna talk on peace? I don't feel much of that anymore. So what do I do? Well, I put the phone away for one. I say Enough of that. I grab the word. I say, God, I need your strength. I need for you to lift my soul out of the pit that I find it in right now. And I know that only you can do that because it's easy for me to get sucked into this. I want to be consumed with this. So I start thumbing around and say, God, point me to a passage that's gonna make sense, something that may be new or something that may be fresh and it encouraged the body of Christ this weekend. I find myself in the book of Philippians. I come across these words. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Remember that. Hold on to that phrase. Let your requests be made known to God. And here it is. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, now I'm coming back down. Okay, God, I get it. Now I want you to remember with me that this is the Apostle Paul writing and penning this letter to a church that he longs to visit, though he can't because he is in prison in chains. And I imagine as he's writing this letter that he hears the chains clanging around his hands and his feet, which remind him that he is no longer a free man. The guards at his door are a constant reminder that the church that he longs to see, that he longs to visit, that he longs to fellowship with, well, he can't. the conversations, I'm sure, with the guards of mocking Paul and saying, Paul, is your message of the good news of Jesus that you claim is good news, is it really good news? Because look look where it has you. I don't even want to be here, but I'm here because of you. Are are you sure it's worth it? Give it up. Crawl out of this place. What does Paul do? Continues to preach to them. It's like, well, if you're here with me, I'm going to share the good news with you too. Here in these four short verses that I want to look at with you this morning, Paul reminds us of where true strength and ultimate peace come from. And that is only found in Jesus Christ. The only one who could sustain him in his pain and suffering, and the same God, who the only God who can sustain you and me in the times of suffering, in hardship, in trials that we go through, or that we will continue to go through in this earthly life. The peace that Paul speaks about is divine. It comes directly from God. This isn't any human made-up thing. This peace is from God himself. And you and I, Christians, you and I, church, have not only peace with God, we have the peace of God readily available at all times. Will you take it? See, it's here in these passages that Paul encourages these early Christians to be living in active demonstrations of what the peace of God looks like no matter no matter the circumstances that they may find themselves in or even will eventually find themselves in. See, peace, it's not just something internal that we think of being calm and tranquil and and just being still. No, peace is also action. The peace we experience from God is visible not only in the church as we worship and as we praise him, as we'll talk about in a minute, but also in the ways that we just go through hardships and trials and we just have this strength about us. It's visible to the outside world as well. And this peace sustains us it encourages us it motivates us and it helps us to continue pushing on when times are at their toughest. So, from our passage this morning, I want to encourage you with three things to do when you find yourself in these, what I call, pit experiences in life. When you're just down in the anxiety, in the fear, in the worry, or the persecution, or the suffering, when these things come knocking at your door out of this passage, I want to just direct you to three simple things I want you to do Is I want you to praise Him, I want you to imitate Him, and I want you to thank Him. So let's look this morning. Praise him. Paul writes in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. There were many issues that Paul addressed in the church, in this uh, Philippian church, but none more than this idea of joy. 16 times throughout this book, he speaks of this idea of having joy, reminding them yeah, I'm in prison, have joy. You're facing persecution, have joy. Joy in rejoicing in what? Paul, are you crazy? No. Rejoice in the Lord. In the sphere of God, in the salvation that you have received that will carry you through, in the new life that you have been given because of the precious blood of Jesus, rejoice in that no matter pains, no matter persecution, no matter suffering, no matter chains, no matter what it is in your life, you can rejoice in the Lord and that you can do always, at all times, anytime that you want to do it. There are no excuses. We may try to find some, there's no excuses. We rejoice in the Lord always. See, Paul presents us with two very important things one, the privilege, and two, the duty of rejoicing in the Christian life. Do you have this view of rejoicing in the Lord as a privilege? that we can rejoice in the Lord because of what he's done for us. I was an enemy of God and now I'm a friend of God. I'm loved by God. I'm saved by Christ. I can rejoice in that that God has given me a way to just praise him in the moment. What a privilege. We have freedom to rejoice always. Do you realize that there's a lot of people right now that don't have the freedom to rejoice? Or maybe you find yourself in a workplace or an environment that doesn't give you the freedom just to to rejoice whenever you want. So, what do you do? Do you make up for that when you're outside? We have the privilege to rejoice. Let's not contain it, let's let that overflow in our lives. But also, it's our duty, it's not a chore, it's not a burden. It's our duty as new creations in Christ to rejoice in the Lord, to worship the Lord, to praise the Lord. It's who we are. We've been set apart for a purpose. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're aliens, strangers, pilgrims amongst this land that we are destined one day for eternity with the Savior. Come what may now because I know what will come later. So, God, it's you and me. Holy are you, and I will praise you in the storm. See, Paul uses this word to rejoice to mean a state of happiness and well-being. Literally, to rejoice and to be glad. It's the same word that he used in Colossians in 124. It says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Here's why the Apostle Paul could rise above the circumstances that he so often found himself in. Because he came to understand and live by the truth that true and lasting and satisfying joy can only come through Jesus Christ. That's why he writes in the Lord. My circumstances will change, but the Lord is unchanging. New and daily pressures will try to come in and to pressure me and to crush me, but he is my source of strength. Chaos and crisis will come and it will come often, but he is my refuge and my hope. Friends will turn on me, but he will never leave me nor forsake me. And the enemy will try to seek to kill and destroy me. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have life in abundance for the here and for the later. This is the well that Paul was writing from that he shares with this church and that he shares with us. Don't look externally to find your joy and your happiness because it will be awfully hard to find Look inside to the new person that you are, to what the Savior has done, to the Word of God, and find continued strength that you need to praise Him in the moments. See, Paul didn't write for them to rejoice in what they were dealing with, for he knew that wouldn't really be possible. That's, that's hard. God, uh, thank you that I'm miserable right now. Thank you that my relationships are fractured. Thank you for this ho- horrible thing that I'm going through. No, it's, it's not that. See, we don't rejoice in the event itself. We can rejoice in what the event will produce in us that only that thing could do. And we rejoice in the fact that God wants to use that moment, that trial, that affliction... For his glory. But do you believe that he is good? Do you believe that he will use that for his glory? That's where the rejoicing comes from. John 15, 11, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you so that my joy, not anyone else's joy, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. When I was a college pastor back in San Diego, um, I had a young man who would come uh, to me and, and just wanted to serve, was looking for a place to plug in and, and, and just serve Jesus. Cool. So, man, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I love running sound. I said, great. I don't have a sound guy. You get up there and do it. I said, cool. Found out he drove one hour each way to come and serve at the church. Well, I got a call from him one day and he sounded a little down. He said, hey, Dave, can, can you drive me to my hospital visit? Sure, I'll be right there. Long story short, I found out that this young man went to dialysis three to four times a week. And upon that, he had three or four other doctor's appointments because he had an incurable disease that they didn't have any cure for. I didn't know it. I looked at him one day and said, well, why didn't you tell me? I said, well, years ago, the doctors told me that there's nothing that they can do, so I decided one day that I can either walk around and be miserable... Or I can rejoice in the time that I still have in this world. Okay, I'm convicted. It was his faith that mattered, not the fading of his body. But the source of strength came from Jesus. So I want you to look at this quote with me it says, The joy that Christ gives is for time and eternity, for soul and for body, for adversity and prosperity. It's for all times and in all seasons. Charles Erdman summarizes great what it doesn't mean as much as it does mean. He says, to rejoice in the Lord does not mean that a man is insensible to sorrow and distress, to suffering and sin, whether in his own life or the lives about him. But it does mean that these dark realities will not be allowed to master him or to blind him to the radiance which streams from the face of his loving Lord. Faith in Christ and obedience to Him are the sources of abiding joy, and blessed are those who realize that true joy cannot be found aside from Him in His holy will. So, maybe putting this verse into practice just simply means God, I want you to show me how to rejoice in this moment, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to be obedient. Show up when you want to show up, but I'm going to praise you. My friends, when things don't make sense, that's when faith kicks in because it helps you to live as though it does. When things just don't seem to come together, you can trust that God's got all things worked together and he's gonna show you and you can live as though life just makes sense. So not only do we praise him, when we find ourselves in those pits of life, we imitate him. Jesus was our greatest example of what to do in the midst of trials and trouble and how to keep continued peace in our life when things just don't kind of go our way. See the word here, gentleness, he says, let your gentleness be known to all men for the Lord is near. It suggests this moderate, non-retaliatory spirit, and maybe some of us need that a little bit more than others. We find ourselves in every disagreement we can find, every argument we can find, because we, we like to just quarrel and we like to we kind of stir the pot a little bit. And he's, Paul's just saying, do, do away with that. There's enough things to keep the church divided. Let's not continue to add to that. There are more things that we can come together on than that need to divide us. And that centers around the gospel, centers around the goodness of Jesus Christ who gave everything for us. He's saying, guys, stop getting caught up in the things that stoke fire and division in the church and unify yourself around him. Imitate Jesus Christ. You wanna experience more peace? Imitate Jesus. Look at these verses. Hebrews 12, consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary in doing good. 1 Peter 2, and while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. He kept entrusting himself to, to the one who judges righteously. Spiritual gentleness and graciousness doesn't mean that we're weak and doesn't mean that we suppress the truth. It's just the opposite. It takes great restraint. It takes great strength to restrain yourself from sometimes saying the things that you want to say. How is our witness and how is our testimony? And as we live our life and we're kind and we consider the needs of others, as he addressed just a couple chapters earlier that we look to Jesus Christ as our example, when people see you, when people see me, do they see Jesus? And it's especially in those moments of hardship and struggle that people are looking to us and saying, okay, how are they gonna handle it? Do they see Jesus? Do they see you imitating him? And then when you find yourself in those pits of life, thank him. Thank him. Literally, the passage tells us, in nothing are you to be anxious about. But instead, give it all to God in prayer. Present it to him. Cast it at his feet. Stop trying to wrestle with that and figure that out yourself. Work together with the one who's got all things worked out in the first place. Can we become less anxious in life? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because God tells us so. Gives us his word. Cast your cares upon me for I care for you. Loves us. He wants those things that we hold on to. Says, just give it to me. Don't be anxious about it. Let it go. Let me replace that with something that is so much better. What is it? A child that's me. What eternal value is that going to have? Let me give you more of myself. What do you have to lose if you practice a little bit more of being anxious for nothing? I mean, think about it. What do you have to lose if you practice a little bit more of being anxious for nothing? Actually, a whole lot. The burdens that you carry, the fears that you carry. The striving to find the answer in, in the hurry and busyness of, I've, I've just got to figure this out. God's got it. The weight and the guilt and the shame and all those things, you just, God, I'm not going to be anxious about it. You know what it does? It's, it spurs you on. See, if this isn't passive. This isn't a forgetful thing. It's, I, 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 God, I, I may need to seek restoration with that, that person so that I'm not anxious in this moment. I'm going to do it now. I'm not going to put it off for tomorrow. Give me the strength to do it. God, I'm going to stop worrying about tomorrow and just trust that you've got in control and do what I need to do today and trust you and be obedient to you today. And tomorrow comes. Should it come? Should I wake in the morning and I breathe again? I'm going to do the same thing again. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to walk in today. I'm going to know that you're going to work it out. But I'm not going to carry that on myself. Jesus said in John 14, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Fearful. John Stott summarizes this wonderful idea of prayer, and he says, The purpose of prayer is emphatically not to bend God's will to ours, but rather to align our will to his. Prayer is the very way that God himself has chosen for us to express our conscious need of him and our humble dependence upon him. So we get be anxious for nothing and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. See, here is the kicker to peace in the prayer life. See, with thanksgiving, let's, um, when we talk about God with the spirit of thanksgiving, we give God the recognition that he deserves. He gets the credit for the outcome. Not me, not us, he does. And he gets the credit even when the situation and the outcome is unseen. Here's what I do. God, I'm not gonna be anxious about this situation. I'm gonna present it to you. I'm gonna talk to you about it. And God, I thank you that you have me in the palm of your hands. That you have my best interest in your hands. That you care enough about me to walk with me in this situation. He gets the credit. God, thank you. See, praying with thanksgiving shows a believer's peace because I don't need to see the result to prove that God is gracious, that he is good, that he is kind. No, I trust a minute beforehand. See, as we pray with thanksgiving, it builds a barricade in our mind against anxious thoughts. God, I thank you. I'm gonna set up a fortress around my mind which is guarded by Christ and I am not gonna let these things come in because fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, all those things will get as close to you as you let them. They've got no problem crawling into your life and just latching on to you. So we have got to build and fortify our faith and build a barricade around it. And this is what Thanksgiving does. It's an action of trust in God. See, a thankful spirit that is tied to our circumstances will often be abandoned. But a thankful spirit that is tied to our faith, church will thrive. It will thrive. If I'm only thankful because I can see the outcome, then I'm not gonna be thankful a whole lot. I'm gonna find myself wondering and doubting in the goodness and graciousness of God. But when it's tied to my faith, God, I trust you, I'm gonna follow you, I'm gonna be obedient, all the things that we've talked about, then I'm gonna soar. I'm gonna smile when there's no reason to smile. Because Christ is enough for me. And I can thank him for dying on the cross for me. For paying the penalty of sin for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. What is it that keeps you coming to him? What is it that keeps you from thanking him? Never forget, I was sitting on the couch one day with my son, and he's four Uh, four years old and we were reading some bible stories and we're talking about the love of jesus and a lot of just man we have so much to be thankful for and, and god that he loves us and he cares about us and we're reading all these bible stories and you know you can come to god at any time any moment that you want i know sometimes you want to come to daddy for things but i hope that one day you'll learn to go to jesus to some things in your life and just kind of prepping him for life and i think he was getting this idea that i was going to give him away or something because he just looks at me and he says, stop reading. And he puts the Bible down. And I'm like, whoa, dude, where'd you come from? And he says, daddy-o. I know, pretty cool, right? He says, daddy-o, do you love me? How dare you ask that, son? No, I didn't say that to him. I said, son, yeah, of, of course, I love you. I love you more than any, well, I love your mom more. Well, no, I love you just the same, whatever this works out, I love you. Man, more than anything, I would do anything for you. I would die for you, son. This is Jesus. I'm not saying I'm Jesus, of course. I'm saying this is Jesus. Maybe sometimes we're wrestling just with, does God love us? And he's saying, yeah, just come to me and talk to me about it. I love you more than anything. I sent my son to die for you, to prove my love for you. Just come to me, be with me, spend time with me, trust me, rejoice in me, imitate me, follow me, and just thank me that I know what you need at the very moment you need it. Can God be trusted, church? Yeah. Is he good all the time or do we just say that when someone else says, God's good all the time, all the time God's good? Do we just say it or do we believe it? See, every day you wake up, there is a choice that is presented to you. We can spend more time worrying about everything and thanking God less, which has the potential to ruin you, discourage you, keep you depressed, keep you anxious, drag you and others down around you, or just maybe there's a better way. We can pray about everything and thank God more, which has the potential to develop you and cultivate in you the very things that God desires to build you up in and use you for for his glory and his purpose. Which one do you wanna choose? Because that choice is yours. Maybe a better way to say this verse is, there is nothing at all that you should be anxious about, but instead just give it to God, talk to him about it, thank him for his goodness and faithfulness in your life. Troubles are always going to be at your front door. Don't let them in. Praise him, Imitate him, Thank him. Philippians 4, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 5, cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. Psalm 147, 5, great is our Lord and abundant in strength and his understanding is infinite. And I could go on with verse after verse after verse about the strength and the goodness and the peace and the kindness and the gentleness that is found in Christ that is available to you, but you've got to pick it up. You've got to take it and you've got to decide that I'm going to replace this stuff, which is tearing me up, the answers that I don't have, I'm going to replace it with the answers that I do have. And that is, I can trust in Jesus and know that He is good. We can praise Him. We can imitate him, and we can thank him, church. So how do we keep these things mentioned in focus while we're in these pits in our life? See life, all of life, and everything that comes with life as a gift from God. That there's something that God is doing in you to refine you or to take away and to rid you of so that he can shine through the struggle, whatever it is that you are dealing with, maybe it was getting the news of some diagnosis that there's nothing you can do or no no answer for it. You're going to begin to doubt God, or you're going to trust Him. Maybe there's fractured relationships in here this morning, and God's just saying, "I want you to mend those, so my peace can be at work in you." See, it's not so much about what we're experiencing while we're in the pit that matters. It's how we respond to it. These are the responses. Paul is saying, listen, if you rejoice and if you imitate Christ and if you thank him, it will produce peace in you that is unexplainable and that the world is gonna look and they're gonna want because this doesn't make sense, but somehow this makes sense. Part of me wanted to title this message because we're in the football season, Three Ways to Stiff Arm Peace, right? Keep complaining, keep preoccupied, and keep God on hold. You want three sure ways to, to make sure you don't have peace in your life? Just do those things. Keep complaining about everything. Be anxious all the time. Stay so preoccupied with the problems and the answers that you don't have that you just... Where is God in this? Stop talking to God and, and thanking him for his goodness and faithfulness. I promise you, you'll experience peace a whole lot less in your life. Kind of a simple formula that, that helps me to remember this. See, if we rejoice less, and we're gentle less, and we're praying less, and we're thinking less, well, then no wonder why we're going to have peace less. If you find one or maybe all three of these areas to be a struggle in your life, let me encourage you, don't try to tackle them all at once, you will fail. I've tried, I've been there. I've tried to do that, it doesn't work. In an attempt to make it easy for you to remember this, I I, I talk about these experiences of being in the pit. And maybe some of you have captured this But the first letter of each of the main points coincides with this idea of pit. P, praise him. I, imitate him. And T, thank him. And I hope that this helps you as you go about your weeks that when you find yourselves, when the anxiety's coming or when the fear's coming or when the worry's coming or when the troubles are coming, God, I'm finding myself in the pit, Mm, I'm gonna praise you, I'm gonna imitate you and I'm gonna thank you and know that you good and then just watch what the peace of God will do in your life as you trust him is God good I like it let's pray heavenly father we just come before you and we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness father it's we can't overstate that enough you are sovereign and you are in control and Father, life has a way of bringing its discouragement. We're in a fallen and broken world and we can easily find ourselves caught up in things that just don't matter. And Father, we may receive news or be discouraged and, uh, and just by the things that are just continuing to fill our minds and it's in those moments that Father, I pray, that we would find ourselves coming out of these pits. Father, that we praise you and we imitate you and we thank you all the more. Would you be our source of strength? Would you be our encouragement as we enter into this Christmas season? Father, I pray that our hearts would be prepared for what we're gonna celebrate, and that is the coming of your son, Jesus, as a baby into this world. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. Father, thank you that you make yourself available to us and that you love us and you care about us and you never leave us. And even when life is hard, Father, you're right there ever near reminding us of your presence. So Father, would we give you the things that we need to give you and would we find the time to spend with you? And would we make it our mission, Father, to grow in our faith that we just see Our praise and our thanksgiving grow all the more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.